You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And Frank, today is our 300th episode. So wait, you didn't you didn't tell me this before we went on. I'm I was I was not ready for that. So we've prepared a whole lot of clips. We're going to go through some of our favorite <laughs> memories. <laughs> no, we didn't. Um, we're, we're Prepare? Just- you, you knew it was BS when you, when you said we prepared something, which is just not our way. Although we did actually just prepare for this yeah, a little bit. We, we did some good notes for this one. We had, to, we had to think through this before we, uh, before we came on with these topics. So the, that's how you know we care, is every, every week or two we'll, we'll actually like do some homework in advance. <laughs> Um, so this is our 300th episode. Uh, shout out to all of you guys for listening. Shout out to all of you guys for making us feel like doing 300 episodes and talking to each other more than just about anyone else in our lives is worthwhile. Um, so shout out to all you guys. We appreciate that's like, it. That, that's like, think about that. 300 episodes. I mean, given most of these end up taking us you know, probably with like the, you know, for, for background, I mean, I don't know how much people care about this, but I mean, we usually talk for anywhere from like, I don't know, five to 20 minutes beforehand or, you know, something like that. So we probably talk on average of like an hour or more for every podcast we do. So that's easily. Yes. That's, that's 300 hour. I mean, that's, that's 300 hours is a long time. I mean, that's damn. Yeah. We know each other way better than I think we I should really know anyone that I don't we must, live yeah, we with must not or each other. am family with. Like, yeah, that's that's a long time. And I guess that must mean also if you've listened to almost 300 hours of our podcast, uh, that we're not all that bad and we're not all that <laughs> annoying. Um, you can at least get by and handle listening to us. So again, shout out to all you guys. We really appreciate it. Um, obviously, we've we have a good time doing this and we always... Uh, end up just kind of being surprised by how many listeners we have and how many of you interact with us on Twitter and ask questions when we do mailbags and do all this stuff. So we appreciate it. All right, Frank, you mentioned the fact that we actually did some prep work today. Um, With that, the reason we had to do some prep work is because normally once we get into the NBA season, it just goes game, day after game, next game, day after game, next game. Like, you just get into that rhythm, and you don't really normally have a a day off in there, uh, an extra day off to talk about stuff. But that's what we have today. The Bucks do not play until Friday when they play the Charlotte Hornets. So we had a day where we weren't either doing a game preview or a game recap. So uh, we had 
we had to actually think of content, um, which is, which is sometimes a struggle for us. Uh, but we came to two topics that I think we're both kind of interested in. Uh, the first one is it's something that I'm not even sure. We've had multiple listeners tweet us this, um, but never, oddly enough, when we're doing mailbags, like just, hey, do you think this could be a possibility? Um, and that is, do you think Eric Bledsoe or Chris Middleton can make the All-Star game this year? Um, so we'll talk about that. We'll also talk a little bit about... There's so much talk about Jason Kidd and him as a coach. Um, our friend Ben Thompson was on Bill Simmons' podcast today, uh, and they and Bill asked him for a 60-second synopsis for uh, why Jason Kidd isn't the right coach for the Bucks. And I would say Ben went a good five or six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this was this is this is great. Like listening to Ben. So and and I mean I think. Well, actually, I don't. I mean, it's interesting because obviously Ben at No Tech Ben um, in sort of the Bucks little mini universe. Um, I think a lot of people know that Ben is far more famous for his writing as uh, a tech journalist, and and he's far better at writing and podcasting than either of us. Like he's very yes, good at yes. it. Yes, <laughs> yes, he does that, and on completely non Bucks related things. And uh, so, but part of me, as I was listening today, like was kind of wondering, like. Did did Ben as like this hardcore Bucks fan? Did he become this like incredible tech journalist merely as like a Trojan horse so he could get his way <laughs> into like the biggest sports podcast in in the world on Bill Simmons Report? Which he's this is the second time Ben has been on the BS Report, so it's not like all this hard work has like, finally paid off. Yeah, I mean, it's like a... it's like I need to ask Ben if this was. I mean, we should have Ben on at some point. Actually, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> ironic that that he's been on uh, Bill Simmons' podcast twice, and we haven't had him on yet here, just because. We're kind of too lazy to have guests, but well, we have uh, had, you had him on for. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Yeah, we had him right. on we, once. We need to catch yeah, up. Yeah. If Bill Simmons can't be having him on more than we can, <laughs> we'll give him more than you know a sixty-second time limit to talk about the Bucks. But um, but yeah, it's it's funny that uh that that I, as I was listening, to it, I was kind of thinking like you know Ben Ben was purely you know became this you know great entrepreneur and and tech journalist solely so that he could have a high enough profile to reach a massive audience um on the Bucks, and obviously in this case he had some very well we we all know what ben's takes are on jason kidd and they're you know the the takes of of many people in bucks nation at this point but um ben ben did ben shot his shot uh, yes yes he did i would agree with that (laughs) and unfortunately you gotta like it it was in an episode today that it began with bill and um brian curtis from the ringer talking about uh, ESPN's John Skipper leaving, so Ben is the second half of that podcast. So if you also the whole right, podcast right? is actually really good. Like, yeah, it's Brian cool. Curtis yeah. is someone who I'm generally just very intrigued by his work. So that was interesting, and then Ben's talk with Bill was interesting, and then finally uh, Ben's rant about Jason Kidd at the end of it was interesting. Other friends of the podcast, Andrew Sharp today at Sports yes. Illustrated wrote an article about the Bucks and how they are the NBA's wild card in that. They are a very exciting team, a team that may be able to impact the playoffs this year, but also they're a team that might not be able to figure that out and might not make an impact and might be out after the first round, or maybe not even in the playoffs, um, just because they have so many interesting things going on. So I would suggest reading that as well. Um, But like I said, we're at a spot where that's a a topic du jour. Um, It seems like... Really, every every single week, there is someone from a national publication writing and or talking about the Bucks and Jason Kidd. So we kind of want to talk not about Jason Kidd because obviously, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you hear us do that 
pretty much every night. Um, so we wanted to talk kind of about expectations and stuff like that. So zoom out a little bit, go to the macro level, and attempt to figure out some stuff. So we'll do that in the second half of the podcast. First, we wanted to talk all-star game. And to figure out if Bledsoe or Middleton have a chance at an all-star game before i think before even looking at their stats because that will be kind of i mean it's a player's stats and the team's success that those are the things that determine whether or not you get to be an all-star you first need to figure out if there's actually all-star spots open like you need to figure out who from last year's team will carry over to this year's team who are new guys who left so we attempted to do that and let's try to go through it position by position um okay so at point guard Kyrie Irving um started the all-star game last year in the east as a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers I suspect he will do it again this year as a member of the Boston Celtics um going through uh the other point guards John Wall was an all-star last season um he's missed 11 games um the Wizards have been down this year they haven't been in the top four um so it's a bit of a down year but I wonder if just the the known quantity effect just knowing that he was an all-star last year and John Wall kind of has a name brand if that will keep him there um then you look at Kyle Lowry someone who's been there I think he was there last year as well uh he was there last year uh he was a bench selection it was his third all-star selection um and then Kemba Walker was there last year um man I don't that one might be a struggle. It was his first all-star appearance last year, so I don't know if he has quite that name brand recognition. And then Isaiah Thomas was there last year. He will not be a part of the Eastern Conference all-star team this year just because of his injury and he won't have enough games. So point guards, was was there anything else or any other thoughts you had for point guards that may or may not be in the mix in this year's all-star game? No, I mean, that that's those are the guys, obviously, that, that you'd kind of start with and um... – you know, it, it, it's not like there's an overwhelming crop of of guys, uh, you know, statistically this year. I mean, um, you know, Wall, as you said, has missed 11 games, has not really had a great start to the season either. But, you know, again, his floor is is very high, right? I mean, he's his numbers certainly um, are better than, you know, kind of all the other guys. You could argue Kemba might be not that far away just because, you know, again, when you think about like what gets you into an all-star, Kemba is averaging over 21 a game. I think Wall's still at 19 and change. Um, but the Hornets have just been so bad um, yeah. that it, it, it's tough. And again, that, not that that's Kemba Walker's fault, but um, if you're on the margin, like, I mean, it tends to be that the, the you know, tie goes to, to guys on better teams. And certainly you look at Lowry, his, he's not scoring a ton this year. He's at 16 points a game. Um, you know, again, kind of as he ages, um, statistically, he's really not jumping off the page, but it's a great Raptor team. Um, you know, we'll talk about DeMar DeRozan in a minute. Um, well, maybe not great Raptor team, but it's a very good Raptors team. I mean, they're, they're second in the East right now at 21 and eight. Um, you know, you think about how teams, how good teams are, you know, that usually aligns to how many all-star slots you have, right? I mean, if you're, if you're the eighth seed, uh, tough to get to all-star slots um you know you have to have two guys that are just clearly ahead of you know other guys sort of at their positions and um with the raptors you know again there's a lot of reasons for them being very good this season and certainly not just kyle lowry and demar Derozan, but um those are the kind of 
easy guys to to pick out historically they've got the name brand recognition so again i think you know Kyrie is a no-brainer wall is i would say yeah probably he's gonna make it um just by default almost and then even lowry even though he's not scoring a ton um you know keep in mind the starters you know are, are selected through this combination of um, media player and fan voting but after that it's coaches voting so um that tends to you know think about how coaches tend to vote you know they're not going to vote purely for guys based on points per game they're going to you know again not that coaches are are perfect but um but they're obviously going to respect guys who've been around veterans that are on winning teams things like that so Lowry seems like a guy that I would expect so i i think from this group i'd feel pretty comfortable saying there're probably three guys here that i think are going to make it um and again you look at last year at the point guard spots you had Kyrie Isaiah John Wall uh, and Kyle Lowry and Kemba Walker. So um, you had, you know, five point guards in a year where there were just a ton of really good point guards. Yep. Um, but this year, I think, you know, we'll get through the kind of aggregate math here shortly. But I think maybe there are three guys that I would say, yeah, those guys should make it. And it'd be Kyrie, Wall um, and Lowry. And I don't know, do we want to talk maybe about how Eric Bledsoe, I mean, we haven't really talked about Bledsoe at all here, but probably worth we're talking about Bledsoe relative to those guys. Um I mean, statistically, I think Bledsoe is in that mix, right? I mean, you look at guys like Lowry, Kemba. I mean, he's not like in some low, different lower tier than those guys. Um, you know, you look at just his kind of raw numbers, 18 points a game, four assists, couple steals. Um, you know, he's been reasonably efficient as well. Um, and again, not that I don't know if uh, coaches are going to have their, you know, true shooting numbers out as they vote. Um <laughs> Has dropped off actually a little bit, but he's around 55% true shooting, um, you know, 18.6 PER. His BPM isn't great. It's just barely positive. Um, but again, you know, I think also just the narrative around what he's meant to this team. Obviously, they've been notably better since he came around. And certainly he has he has some reputation. He's never made an all-star game, but he at least has some credibility around the league, certainly as a guy who brings it on both ends. So I think Bledsoe is in that mix. You know, if the Bucks were to make a, a, a big run, for instance, um, could he, you know, worm his way in there? potentially. Um, but I think we also will probably want to talk about not just Bledsoe and how he compares to the other point guards, but also, you know, Bledsoe and, and the relative merits of Bledsoe and Middleton, because I think it's probably going to be very difficult for the Bucks to get three guys in Giannis yeah. plus two guys. Right. So my, you know, we'll, we'll get through the math here in a moment as we kind of step through all the different guys we think are good candidates. But, um, you know, I'd start with the three point guards that we mentioned, and then certainly it's possible another guy would get into that mix. Um, especially if there's like an injury, but, um, I, I don't know. I mean, this, this seems like just because of records and, you know, just the general sort of level of quality uh, among the point guard play this, this year that, that maybe there isn't going to be that kind of crazy number of point guards in the mix it for what come all-star time yeah i think bledsoe fits pretty squarely in with maybes um yeah. and like you said Kyrie and wall to me are the no doubt yeses lowry is very close to a yes but i'm maybe still in a maybe hold position with him and then no isaiah but like with kemba i think bledsoe's kind of in that same range um and again you're looking at one has team success and slightly worse numbers, and the other one has better numbers but no team success. So um, how does that all balance out? Okay, shooting guard. This one, not surprisingly, um, shooting guard is not, I don't think, really a position around the league that I think is is all that strong. Um, so just kind of looking at last year's roster um, for shooting guards, 
Wasn't really many. Um, it depends what you call Paul George's, if he's a shooting guard or a small forward. He was one on the bench last year. Um, and then DeMar DeRozan would have been your shooting guard in the starting lineup last year. Uh, Jimmy Butler, again, do you call him a shooting guard or small forward? Um, he was in the mix as well. So probably three last year for shooting guards. Obviously, Paul George out, Jimmy Butler out as they move to the Western Conference. Um, so I think at shooting guard, I feel confident saying DeRozan's in. I feel confident saying Victor Oladipo's in. And then I'm probably saying yes to Bradley Beal. Does that sound right-ish at the shooting guard spot? Yeah, I mean, again, and um, we'll talk about, you know, Middle- Middleton obviously being a combo forward. Um they're not a really a lot of like guys who uh, like we're talking about obviously you know the the, the all star team differentiates between guards and forwards um you know I usually think about it as sort of like wings more generically yeah um and kind of interesting because really the the strength of the east is guys at the forward spots at least are are power forwards and you know there's certainly some of those guys like LeBron and Giannis are guys that might previously have been thought of as small forwards and now really effectively have more power forwards um but that leaves kind of a, a bit of a vacuum um at the small forward spot so you know in terms of these guys you know obviously as you said you could argue Paul George was just more of a small forward Jimmy Butler more of a small forward maybe um but certainly with these guys uh DeRozan was voted in last year um and again I mean these guys are really making it in on the strengths of uh of their points per game numbers which is unfortunate for a guy like Chris Middleton who does more than than score points in a lot of ways like you know, scoring is something he's he's stepped up this year. Um, but you know, again, he's more of a complimentary guy, and that's not meant a, as a knock on him. Um, but his versatility is one of his kind of calling cards. And um, you know, you look at at Beal's numbers: almost twenty four points a game, three and a half assists per game, four point three assists or sorry rebounds. Um, true shooting of of fifty five point six, um, which is kind of like in that more average-ish range, um, a PER of, you know, just shy of 20. I mean, I don't know. Bradley Beal, I think, showed some good things um, at times when uh, when Wall was down. You know, the Raptor, or the uh, Wizards kind of stayed afloat, um, but they weren't, you know, blowing. You know, th- certainly that as a team, as you said, or in the conversation on Wall, the Raptors, you know, or, or sorry, I keep saying Raptors. The Wizards have not sort of gotten to the point where, you know, you look at them and you say, oh, man, they, they definitely deserve two All-Stars, right? Like, Wizards are, you know, pretty pretty much in that kind of blob of teams in the east where you know bucks bucks another team like that that is trying to get out of that blob um and interesting you know you look at DeRozan um you know you got to give DeRozan credit because he's a guy that we obviously we think of as a, a ball stopper a guy who you know isn't as efficient as he could be because he doesn't hasn't really stretched out his shot to the point line um but you know the his scoring is down a little bit this year he's down to 24 points per game um but his efficiency is up to 57 percent uh and his assist numbers are up to five assists per game and and a lot of the narrative around the with the raptors i'm just gonna miss mix up the wizards and raptors all, (laughs) all podcasts i guess i don't know why um but DeRozan has, you know, upped his assist numbers this year substantially to career highs. And and I think that's a, you know, again, sort of is in the context of a Raptor team that is moving the ball much better this year and has been yep. very successful. Um, and so it's sort of those things. It's like I, I know um, listening to, you know, our, our friends at SI when when Ben Golliver and Rob Mahoney did their top 100 player rankings, you know, they had they've had Chris Middleton relatively high relative to expectations and and DeMar DeRozan relatively low. And I think, you know, a lot of smart NBA people would tell you they would gladly take 
DeMar, or Chris Middleton over DeMar DeRozan um, just because of the way that Middleton is, you know, just fits so much more nicely with with other players because he stretches the floor and he's versatile mm-hmm. and you know all that stuff. Um, unfortunately, I think for All Star purposes, you know that 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 is still not the prevailing sentiment. So um, again, uh, DeRozan very well may get voted in as a starter again this year um, since it happened once last year. So, I mean, obviously he seems like a lock and Beal's probably similarly a lock just given um, the prominent role he's played and his reputation. Um, But I would say this, I mean, Chris Middleton, I I think you make a good case that Chris Middleton is a more useful player possibly than both of those guys, even Beal who, you know, is known as, as obviously being a, uh, a much better shooter, more traditional shooting guard in the sense that he does stretch the floor in ways that, you know, DeRozan does not. Um, but, you know, Beal's only at 36% three-point shooting. Middleton, we've talked about, had the slow start. You know, he's only at 35% three-point shooting right now. But, um, you know, for those not paying attention, I mean, I, I made a big deal just now out of DeRozan being at five assists per game. I mean, Chris is at 20.2 points, 5.2 rebounds, 4.7 assists per game. Um, you know, he, he is putting up numbers um, and he's at that magical 20 point per game mark. Yep. Career highs in PER, true shooting. Um, you know, again, he, he's not quite at the same, you know, massive level in terms of some of his more advanced metrics, which would be ironic if he'd make the all-star team this year, that it would be a year where maybe his, you know, RPM isn't like one of the best at his position, but um, certainly, you know, he, he's shown he can do that before. And, um, you know, this year maybe doing more with, with some of his raw numbers, but, um, but anyway, I think in terms of like an unbiased view, I mean, I think Middleton is pretty damn close to those guys. I mean, he's right there with those guys, but in terms of actually, you know, who's going to make an all-star team, I would say, DeRozan and Beal for sure. Um, and like he says, well, I think Oladipo putting up, you know, big scoring numbers, just the narrative around him being the best player on a Pacer team that is winning games. And I mean, they're record wise as good as the Bucks, and they don't have a Giannis, right? So I think yep. Oladipo also is a lock. So I, I would, again, similar say DeRozan, Beal, Oladipo are all locks. And Chris is, you know, definitely much more in that maybe category. Yeah. And it's, I guess it'll be interesting too that before the season, if I would have said, Middleton's going to average 25 and four and almost five assists. Um, like you said, 5.2 rebounds, 4.7 assists. If I would have told you 25 and four for Chris Middleton, I think you probably say, okay, that's an all-star, right? Like, and now as we're going through the list, you're thinking, uh, maybe not. And obviously that speaks to kind of what DeRozan and Beal are able to do, their respective roles on their teams and uh, all of that. But I mean, 20.2 points per game is 25th in the NBA in scoring per game right now. So you have a guy in Giannis who's at the very tippy top of the league uh, at second right next to James Harden in scoring and then Middleton who's 25th in scoring. So um, just not necessarily what I think most people may have thought Chris Middleton was actually capable of uh, of scoring 20 points per game. Um, and, and obviously we've seen his efficiency dip a little bit um, from the three-point line. And to think 25 and almost five assists and only shooting 35% from three, like yeah, none of it adds up, but that's going to kind of be how it works. And at the same time, all that, that great season might not add up to an all-star appearance for him either. Um, but yeah, I'd say... Like you said, all three of those guys, DeRozan, Beal, Oladipo, all three of those guys feel like locks to me at the shooting guard spot, which as we continue forward is going to is gonna mean everything gets pretty, pretty tight. Um, all right, at the forward spot, 
I can't imagine any changes in the two starters from last year um, on that Eastern Conference All-Star team that we haven't talked about yet in LeBron James and Giannis Dettacumbo. I would it would shock me. And again, that I would be shocked if those two aren't in your top five in voting, whether that's the players, the media, or um, or the fans. I, I think those two are going to be in kind of the that upper echelon of, of guys as they get voted in. So I think those two stay the same. At forward, uh, Kevin Love. And again, like it's front court and back court. Um, so Kevin Love was an all-star last year. I assume he's an all-star again this year. He's having a really strong season. So I can't really imagine any sort of change there. Um, so I think Kevin Love stays in. Then then you kind of get into a couple young guys. Um, Chris Porzingis was not an all-star last year. Um, doesn't make it, but obviously the Knicks are having a better year. He's having a huge year. Um, narrative, the city of New York, um, and the market, and just the Knicks being relevant, I think all would push him onto the... I'm going to say a yes for someone else that's going to make the roster. Um, so I think that makes four at the forward spot. Giannis, LeBron, and Love. Giannis, LeBron, Love, and Porzingis. Uh, and then there's probably a maybe in Ben Simmons. Um, is he good enough as is to be an all-star? Um, is he good enough in his rookie year? Uh, do you trust that Sixers team enough? They've won two of their last ten, I believe, so they are falling in the standings. Um, they haven't had uh, they haven't had it together here for the last little while. They've had a tougher stretch of their schedule as well. Um, but maybe Simmons is a maybe there at forward. Um, so anybody else you're thinking of, or uh, what did you think of those guys that I just laid out there? Yeah, I mean, I think Giannis and and LeBron at this point, you know, projecting to the to to the kind of end of the season. I think they're also probably probably your first team All NBA forwards. Um, I think Durant. You know, the only kind of question for me is, you know, especially with Steph Curry um, out. You know, Durant. Um, I mean, Durant's incredible, right? I mean, really, the 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 quality of the Warriors, like, kind of in some ways masks like his incredible abilities a little bit just because he doesn't have to score as much as uh as he might otherwise have to um, but you know I, I i think again i think there's such a predominating narrative around Giannis and lebron um i, I think both those guys would again be the the first team um the first team all nba guys obviously last year um Giannis did not make the first team all nba it was Kawhi and lebron um but you know you look at durant i mean durant's been great 26 and a half points 7.2 rebounds 5.4 assists i think he's blocking a couple of shots a game i mean you know he's great shoots 40 percent on threes um but Giannis just you know he scores more he rebounds more assists are about the same and defensively obviously both guys are, have been huge impact guys so i think the two all nba guys i think i'd the agree guys yeah, yeah i think the two the two all NBA guys are the, the obvious two starters. I agree. Love. I mean, it, it's funny, right? Um, I, I'd have to double check, but I mean, the, the Cavs for all their issues early in the season for all the mismatch pieces. I mean, they haven't had a real point guard basically this entire season. Um, their record, I mean, they're better than they were a year ago when they had Kyrie Irving, which is the great irony of like, you know, the, the hand wringing around the, the Cavs having to trade Kyrie is that the two main assets they got in that trade 
um, at least superficially, Isaiah and that <laughs> Brooklyn first round pick have not been around to help them at all. Yep. Um, and so the irony of sort of Kyrie getting all this credit for galvanizing the Celtics is going to be wildly overrated um, because the Celtics are really a defensive team and, you know, yep. whatever. We know Kyrie isn't isn't the, that – it doesn't really drive that. Um, the irony is that for all the pain of losing Kyrie, they're actually better than they were a year ago. Yep. Um, and Jay Crowder hasn't even been good for them. So, um, so yeah, I think Love has to be part of the mix. So I think he has to be reprising his role as an all-star. Um Porzorgis is interesting. He's missed uh, six games out of 30 Knicks games. Uh, the Knicks are 16 and 14. Obviously, that's a great story um, this year in the NBA that, you know, again, if the Knicks are around 500, I think it's probably a no-brainer if Porzingis can get. I mean, he's had a lot of Knicks and, and random injuries that have kept them out of a game or two here and there. Um, if he stays pretty much healthy, I mean, he's averaging over 25 a game. It's interesting. He doesn't pass at all. Um, his rebounding has been horrible. For a guy his size, I mean, his average is under seven rebounds a game. Um, but he, you know, he blocks shots, and and obviously just his dynamism as a, as an offensive player is really impressive, even if it has tailed off a fair bit. So he's an interesting guy. Um, and again, yeah, I think narrative is strong with him. So so I think those four guys would be the obvious ones. Um, Simmons, yes, I think Simmons is really interesting. I mean, I think purely on numbers, I mean, seventeen points, nine boards, eight assists a game, two steals. I mean. Those are huge numbers, right? Yep. I mean, you know, I mean, I think, you know, this is where the stupidity of the All Star Game is a factor. If he averages twenty points and you know seven assists or twenty points and six assists with nine rebounds, I feel like people would be way more into the idea of him being mm-hmm. an All Star, which is stupid. Um, but for some reason, you know, just because he is awesome despite some very obvious flaws in terms of shooting and things like that, like I don't know, I feel like people somehow like discount his actual impact a bit because of that anyway, which yep, you know, is, is kind, of, it's kind of a flawed way of thinking about it. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think Simmons has a very good case. I think the problem for, for Simmons um, is one, we'll talk about Embiid in a moment, but you know, it's well documented that Simmons, you know, like when you look at on court, off court um, stuff like that, I mean, Embiid is the guy that makes that team go. They are a bad team when Embiid plays. They're a really, really good team when Embiid is on the court. And Joel has been obviously hurt of late, and that sort of, I think, exposed the Sixers somewhat. They have a difficult schedule, I think, coming up over the next month. Knicks also have a very difficult schedule. Um, they've had a really home-heavy schedule. So I think that kind of, they may come back down to earth as well. It'll be interesting to see if those two teams, um, you know, where they are kind of a month from now um, in terms of the standings. Because certainly, you know, it, I'm guessing one of those teams will be out of the playoffs in a month, um, or at least, you know, out of the, the current standings, at least. Um, I think the Sixers are by far the more talented team. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see where those those end up. But certainly if the Knicks tumbled a fair bit, then, then maybe that could impact him. Uh, Porzingis' candidacy. Um, and yeah, I think Simmons is very deserving of consideration. Um, but, you know, we'll just have to kind of see if, if that's something that, you know, he can overcome sort of the... And also there's just the rookie bias as well. Um, you know, I mean... A lot of rookies are bad, and and so the bias isn't wrong, you know. But rookies are kind of sneaky; don't help you. Um, but it's like Ben Simmons is, you know, a plus two point five guy via RPM. I mean, that's awesome for a rookie, right? Like <laughs> yeah. the, the numbers suggest, even the advanced metrics suggest, he's really good. Um, his defense has been much better than I think people thought it might be. So, um, so yeah, I think Simmons has to be uh, in that mix as well, and and that also hurts a guy like Chris Middleton because um, obviously Chris, I mean, and Ben Simmons are not similar really in terms of style maybe um but you know if they're in the forward bucket and i haven't actually seen 
if Simmons is going to be bucketed as a guard because he's probably the the guy who is the most difficult to sort. You know, we've had this debate about Giannis previously, yeah. um, but Simmons is probably the guy who's the most difficult to kind of qualify because offensively he is a point guard. Defensively, he's obviously not a point guard. Um, and I'm curious uh, if uh, if you know the NBA will will categorize him as such as a guard. Not that again for the for the coaching. You know, again, there's like wild cards and, and stuff in terms of how they vote. So it might not be all that relevant for, for the coach's vote, which is how he'd have to get in. But um, but he's definitely a guy that, you know, will be interesting to see how people think about him. So. Um, so, yeah, I think similarly um, and just to, I guess we can kind of recap here so far. So we said three yeses at this point, Kyrie Wall, Lowry at the point, three yeses um, at sort of the shooting guard. And I mean, they're kind of wings as well. But DeRozan, Beal, Oladipo, that's six guys. And then we added four more here, Giannis, LeBron, Love, Porzingis. That takes you to 10 guys. And keep in mind, an NBA roster might be 15, but the All-Star roster, you know, before accounting for injuries, is only 12. So we're coming up to the center position, and we've already used 10 spots. And, I mean, I would argue there are three guys who I think should clearly be All-Stars from the centers this year in the East. Yeah, we're gonna, th- there's a bit of a roster crunch, which is not good for Eric Bledsoe or Chris Middleton's chances. Um, at the center spot, I'm trying to figure out the order I want to do this in. Um, let's say... Okay, so all three we think are yeses. Andre Drummond, Al Horford, Joel Embiid. All three, I think, have question marks in that... Drummond is having a great year, but maybe not as good as you might think. Certainly not as good as I thought, because uh, I kind of sorted uh, through players this year with 15 or more points per game, uh, because largely, like we said, points per game helps kind of define who All-Stars are. And Drummond is not on that list. Uh, He's averaging 13.9 points per game. 14.9 14.9 rebounds per game, um, but I, I don't think either of those are the numbers I'm interested in. 3.8 assists per game is is what interests me, but you look at that that scoring total, that's just low. Um, it, it's difficult for you to be an all-star with that. Like No matter what you are uh, contributing elsewhere, it's difficult. Um, and again, the it's nice that he grabs 14.9 rebounds per game, and uh, he's leading the league in rebounds per game, but how much value do rebounds have? Is that something that matters, that you are the leader of the league in? Um, and, and I think you could argue maybe not. Um, so that one's I think he's interesting. Um, Al Horford, I think, is a yes, because as we talked about, Kyrie gets the credit for being uh, this transformative uh force for the Celtics the the guy that has kind of made this team great but definitely not true um it's their center it's Al Horford uh Al Horford has been fantastic I think just about every uh every metric will tell you that Al Horford has had a better season uh than Kyrie Irving thus far um and Horford's been great so I think so Al Horford though is a quieter guy. Um, obviously, we've seen him get looked over before for All-Stars. Uh, he was not in last year's All-Star game, um, but he's a guy that's been in All-Star games before. I would hope that 
you'd reward the Celtics with two All-Stars. And before the season, you might have thought that's Irving and Hayward, but I think ultimately Irving and Horford would be your two Celtics All-Stars as they're the best team in the East. And then finally, Joel Embiid. Um, I think the big question, I think he's a yes, but the big question is, does he stay healthy enough? Um, does the health, what is it, back right now? That's keeping him out for two yep. games. Um does that turn into four games? Does it turn into six games? Does it turn into sitting out a longer period of time? Um, I think that's always the question with Embiid, but, I mean, his cult of personality. Like, he might get in on the vote. Like, pe- yeah. people, people love that dude. Um, so he, he might just get in with the vote as is, uh, not needing to get selected. But like you said, his advanced metrics all say he is fantastic um and having a huge impact on that Sixers team so I think as long as they stay on the bubble um maybe he is the Sixers all-star instead of Simmons and we see Simmons be the one that kind of gets gypped out of that just because the Sixers aren't quite having enough team success so I think that's three yeses at center which is kind of crazy thing to say because there's been years in the last five years where you've struggled to get one center that you really felt like, oh, yeah, that guy's definitely an all-star. Um, so kind of a, a shift here, but I think all three of those guys, what are you, where are you at there? Yeah, I mean, Embiid, there's a good case for Embiid being defensive player of the year at this point, um, which, you know, I, I, I actually I hadn't really thought about who was going to be the starter um, at that spot, but, I, I mean, I would be shocked if he's not the starting center, to be honest, when you think about the the fan vote. The media vote, player vote. I mean, I'm curious where he ends up in the player vote. Let me say that just because a lot of people like enjoy the personality. I mean, I'm not. I don't think he's like necessarily disliked among players, but I'm sure there's a there is a subset of mm-hmm. of players out there who kind of find his trash talk and stuff like kind of not awesome, not that fun. Yep. Um, so I think that's interesting. I mean, I think if uh, I, I, I would probably say Embiid gets voted in, I think, you know, again, unless he misses, you know, unless he just basically is out from from here until, you know, February, um, I, I think he will be the starting center. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, you look at Horford. Uh, it's also a question where whether Horford, I mean, he'll be on the, the ballot. He's going to be listed as obviously a front court player, so it won't matter. Um, but uh, I'll be curious, you know, I don't know if it, the center designation really matters that much. I mean, he's a guy that has, you know, historically played power forward and center. Um, obviously, a lot of times the Celtics are playing big with Baines at center and then then Horford's, you know, power forward. But, um, but you know, among power, if you if you look at power forwards, Giannis leads all power forwards in real plus minus. He's at plus 5.2. Horford just behind him at plus 4.9. I mean, for context, Draymond's at 4.7. Anthony Davis, 3.9. Um so Giannis, Giannis, uh, as you might guess, grades out very well by that metric. Um, looking at the center guys who are counted as centers, um, no center has a higher RPM than uh, Horford or Giannis, in case you're curious. Uh, Cousins lead at 4.7. And Embiid um, at fourth with 3.4. And interestingly, Drummond right behind him at 2.7. And they have basically the identical identical defensive RPMs, which is kind of interesting because, you, you know, Drummond's always a guy you think of as being kind of an underachiever defensively and, and Embiid being a guy who just has a massive effect on the way teams approach things offensively and, you know, his huge impact um, as a rim protector. Uh, but so far this season, at least by RPM, it was actually not not a huge difference. And um, obviously, you know, I, I have to check where the Pistons are right now. But, um, you know, we talked early in the season. I mean, the Pistons started the year uh, 
obviously very well. They've fallen off a fair bit, but they started off the season as as a very good defensive team. They're down to 12th right now. Um, but, you know, obviously I think Drummond, you know, has at least been, been better. Um, and as you said, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, personally, I don't care that he only only averages 14 points a game just because he does other stuff. I mean, yep. 15 rebounds is awesome. Uh, 3.8 assists. I mean, five offensive rebounds per game. I mean, again, he's at earning extra uh, possessions, not just for himself, but for his teammates offensively. And then those four assists, which is obviously also contributing offensively. And then defensively, you know, 1.3 blocks, 1.5 steals. So he's doing stuff stock-wise. Um, and, you know, I think you want to reward a guy when when his team is is playing better. And he's obviously the clearly the the most talented kind of biggest impact guy on there. So so I would want to get all three guys. But the challenge is, obviously, if, if we were having to vote, um, you know, I mentioned we had te- we had 10 <laughs> we guys. Have 13. We have 13. So let, let me ask you this. This is sort of we've kind of approached it so far as, um, you know, who we think is going to make it because we want to talk about how likely Middleton and Bledsoe are to mm-hmm. make it. Um, let me ask you this. So let me, who do you think? And, and again, if anybody's injured, then you're going to get a 13th, who knows, maybe 14th guy anyway. Um, but if you only had to pick 12 that you would expect to make it, who would you pick? And then if you were yourself voting, who would be your 12 guys? If you had the choice. All right. So the 12, if I have to knock someone out, Hmm. I think it's probably Kyle Lowry. Um, So then it would be Irving and Wall as your two point guards. DeRozan, Beal, Oladipo as your shooting guards. Giannis, LeBron, Love, Porzingis as the forwards. Drummond, Horford, Embiid as the centers. Um, I think to me that makes the most sense just because Lowry's had a a bit of a down year. He struggled a little bit and uh, kind of trying to figure out exactly where he fits in is a little bit more difficult. Um, But then, man, at the same time, I almost, almost want to say Drummond just because of the, the PPGs, which I guess as I'm thinking through the should part of this, like who should be the one knocked out as opposed to who I would knock out maybe it's Drummond just for, for not kind of getting to those, uh, those lofty ish goals. Um, but yeah, I think Lowry probably makes the most sense. And then as far as who I feel should be there, I mean, I I think the way that we looked at it, I feel all those guys have really deserving cases. Um, where it would be those 12 that I listed like those are those are the those are the cases I feel most comfortable making there are other ones that as I go through I I think I could talk myself into I I can talk myself into Drummond I can talk myself into Simmons I can talk myself uh into Lowry or Kemba Walker um I can do all of that but at the same time I, I don't feel super comfortable about that and for me to get to Bledsoe or Middleton, and again, obviously I'm trying to fight any bias I would have in watching the Milwaukee Bucks every single night, um, I think I would struggle to make a, a compelling argument for either of those two guys over those other guys that I, I just listed as maybes where I would struggle uh, to to argue for them. I would struggle, I'd struggle even more to argue for Bledsoe and Middleton over the top. Uh, yeah, I think, I think when, when kind of push comes to shove, um, 
I think Kyrie and Wall are probably the only guys who are definitely going to make it. Um, and, and this is in the the will, not should. Um, Kyrie, Wall, I think DeRozan, Beal, Aldipo are all pretty safe. That's five. Giannis, LeBron, Love, uh, Porzingis. Again, I have a moment of hesitation around Porzingis just because I just don't know if the the Knicks are are going to be able to sustain this, and if they drop off significantly, then again, I think it all becomes a lot harder for Porzingis. But yeah. um, but I would I'd say that would bring you to nine, and then and then I'll I'll say all three of the the big guys make it. Um, I think as far as who I think should make it, um, it's kind of interesting. I think you know the point guards point guard has been such a, a position of strength in, across the league, but but really in both conferences, but really. Um, I don't. I mean, Wall has not blown me away. I mean, he's missed you know yep. a lot of games. I don't think Wall should. Sh- I don't think Wall should be a, a lock. I mean, he's his true shooting is way down. He's at fifty one percent. He's been really inefficient. Um, you know, again, I know I don't think the Wizards should be. It's kind of interesting. Like the Wizards obviously have been much better than the Bucks in recent years. Um, but like, you know, the I don't I don't I don't think the Wizards should be awesome. <laughs> so like the fact that they're yeah. not, I don't necessarily hold that against. Beal or, or Wall, like I don't think they're that talented a basketball team. So, um, like I, I think the Bucks are definitely more talented than the Wizards. I mean, I, you know, and we'll yeah. talk more about that that moment. But, um, but yeah. So, I mean, I, I think, I think if I was just going to start and, and say, you know, and I'm going a little mixing a little bit in terms of positions and and just overall like rank preference. Um, but I think in terms of like you know no brainerish, if I were to say like you know like I'm drafting. Um, from most deserving to least deserving, um, I start with with Giannis and LeBron. Um, then I go to probably like Horford, Embiid. That takes you to four. Um, then probably Kyrie. So that's five. Um, and then I think it's kind of interesting. I don't want to give love to DeRozan. Um, I think Oladipo, um, just because he's really been kind of a one man wrecking crew. Uh, what that be six Beal seven, um, and then it kind of becomes a little bit of a mishmash. But um, but I think if I was if I was picking, I'd say I'd take all three big guys. I would take the four forwards that we said should make it, the three wings that we'd say should make it. Um, that gets you to ten, and then Kyrie as a, you know, kind of the only no brainer point guard. And it's kind of funny. I mean, do I really think Eric Bledsoe should make it over John Wall? I'm not there. You know, I'm not going to go that far. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if Bledsoe can keep playing at a higher level, um, I think that maybe that becomes a conversation, especially if the wizard, if the Bucks can get clear, you know, move ahead of the Wizards clearly, yeah. and um, Wall kind of continues to struggle. Then uh, again, not that Bledsoe will make the All Star team over over his former Kentucky guy uh, Wall, but I think it's at least a conversation. Um, but I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I think you can make a case for. Chris Middleton over John Wall, <laughs> like as weird yeah. as a comparison that is to make. I mean, again, the the there's not going to be one point guard on the East All Star roster, but if I was purely kind of saying like who deserves to go in, I think, um, I think you'd have a much better case for picking Ben Simmons or um or Middleton over even John Wall. So maybe in that way, you know, I might I'm I, Ben Simmons might actually benefit from being categorized as a point guard because um. I think he's in a lot of ways he's an easier case to make than all of these other point guards other than Kyrie and um also I mean just given his size I mean again he's not guarding point guards but that also means Ben Simmons tends to add more value just because he can get rebounds 
and he can get steals and he'll get an occasional block and you know he's just bigger more versatile than you know a small guy who's only going to be able to guard other small guys so um so maybe that that would be so i'll make that my picks um assuming the the sixers don't completely drop off it's weird that i'm giving them two all-stars but um i think if you if you do try to overlay the positional stuff i think there's I think Ben Simmons, if you call him a point guard, I think he's been the second best point guard in the East by in, in many respects this season. So I don't know. Maybe that's my 12, which I don't feel great about, but <laughs> that's, those are my picks. Okay. I feel, I feel good about that exercise. So uh, to answer the question, will Eric Bledsoe or Chris Middleton be all-stars this year? Maybe. Um, <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably I would not. say, I would say Middleton has a better chance than Bledsoe. Let me say that. Even though I just talked about how the, the point guards are not overwhelming. I think there's enough name brands there that I think it'll be really tough for I would, Bledsoe. I, I would agree. And if broadcasts continue to use that top scoring duo, uh, that that's a, that just seems like a go to thing that they're going to. Whether that's ESPN, whether that's NBA TV, whether that's Fox Sports Wisconsin, like just Middleton and Giannis being the league's top scoring duo. Though Giannis does much of the heavy lifting. Um, Chris Middleton gets to be a part of that. Uh, so uh, that might help him out as well. But by, by the way, let, let's also, th- I mean, as much as we love and appreciate Chris, um, as a spectator uh, event. Um, nobody wants Chris Middleton there. Nobody wants Chris Middleton in the All-Star game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the difference between having like, you know, if it was like, and not to say that this is what it'll come down to, but, you know, Ben Simmons, you want Ben Simmons in the All-Star game. Chris Middleton, <laughs> Not getting as much from the All-Star game from Chris Middleton. So I'm hoping he makes it just because obviously we love Chris. But, um, you know, certainly from a fan perspective, uh, you know, I'm not going to ignore that. that aspect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think there would be a positive that it, that would be a coach's vote as opposed to yes. uh, a yes. fan <laughs> vote for any of the bench spots there. So uh, we tease two topics. Sorry, you're going to just be teased again on that second topic because we are not getting that to that today. We have already talked far too long. Maybe we can talk about that uh, tomorrow before we preview the Charlotte Hornets, which seems quite likely for us to do because the Hornets are ugh, not great right now. Um, so we will do all of that tomorrow. Again, this is our 300th episode. We thank you for going along on this ride, for hanging out with us for listening, for interacting, uh, for tweeting, for randomly stopping either of us and telling us how much you enjoy the podcast, um, any of those things. We very much appreciate it, and this has been our 300th episode. That was Frank. I'm Eric. This is Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you tomorrow.